Ozark Highlands Radio is brought to you by the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas, a wonderful way to enjoy yesterday. On the web at OzarkFolkCenter.com. Hey folks, this is Dave Smith, host of Ozark Highlands Radio. Welcome to our show. This week we'll be featuring a terrific new string band made up of graduates of the Berklee School of Music and led by our own Lucas Poole, one of the finest banjo players you'll hear anywhere. Mark Jones will dust off an old classic hobo song in our music vault. And Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly will relate Gene Ritchie's childhood recollections of a real old-fashioned mountain Christmas. All that and more this week on Ozark Highlands Radio. When Mountain View Clawhammer banjo prodigy Lucas Poole was accepted by the prestigious Berklee College of Music in Boston five years ago, he wasn't sure that anyone there had even heard of old-time music. He soon found out that Southern Mountain folk music is extremely popular among young folks in the Northeast, and a whole group of young Berkeley students were drawn together by their love of old-time fiddle tunes. Asked to ramrod our yearly string band festival, Lucas put together a group of outstanding young musicians, and they became the Moonlight Ramblers. Here they are at that festival with five great old-time tunes.
So I came to Stone County when I was 11. My parents, um, actually, that's not true. I came to Stone County way before then, when I was a kid. My parents would come up to Mountain View and jam on the square. And uh, my buddy Jared and I, who's Jared's a great mandolin player, we'd always fall asleep when we were kids. We were like four. You know, we'd always fall asleep in a bass case while they're playing tunes. And eventually, my parents decided that this would be a great place for us to move. So we moved up here when I was 11. So it's always been a big part of my life, this town. was 12 so not long after um my dad you know um they bought me a banjo because you know it's always when you live in mountain view it's like what are you gonna play and uh one day i broke out and i said um i want to learn the banjo and i was very upset because uh i didn't want people to tease me so they told me well just just 
play it good and they won't tease you. So I, I practiced and, um, and they still tease you no matter what. Uh, at no point did people stop teasing for playing the banjo, but yeah, it was great. Um, I started learning from my dad and then they had the music roots program that started off about half a year later. And I started taking from that and they were teaching me sort of the same tunes my dad was teaching, which is great. So I was getting in the schools and I was getting it from my dad and, um, Music Roots was a great support.
This is a very music-driven town. It's a place where people go to retire and play music or grow up and play music. It's a great place to visit. And uh, I guess our, a lot of our economy is tourist-based off of music. And when I started off, it was a new program. And because we saw this divide, I guess, they saw the divide in, you know, we have the older generation playing music and um, my the younger generation wasn't playing and there was going to die off this tradition so they started and it was a new experience when the music roots program started all the kids weren't sure what to think of it a lot of people didn't go to it or tried it and dropped out but it kept growing and building and getting more support and the teachers figured out how to handle a classroom of kids and they've really developed into great teachers and and um, now it's really become a thing. The youth, there's this huge youth. And a lot of, actually, I saw a friend today who started Music Roots with me, Walker McMillan. He's still around, still plays mandolin. He's a great mandolin player. He learned from that. I learned from it. Jared learned, and he still plays. And, um, you know, there's about five of us from my generation. But now there's this huge amount of players. And they're taking it to another level than we were when we were their age, so it'll be interesting to see where they go. And it's always great, because I have all these little kid friends when I come down, all these little brothers and sisters I get to see.
You've been listening to old-time string band The Moonlight Ramblers, recorded live at the Ozark Folk Center State Park in Mountain View, Arkansas. The Ramblers feature Eden Foreman on fiddle, Lucas Poole on five-string banjo, Nick DeSebastian on guitar and mandolin, and John Maylander on fiddle and mandolin. After a short break, I'm going to take you down to our vast music vault to see what old-time musical gem Mark Jones has dusted off for us this week. This is Ozark Highlands Radio. Why don't we take a little trip now down into the vaults, where we keep all the music that we've recorded since the Folk Center opened in 1973. Let's see what Mark Jones got for us. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? Dave, I'm doing good. You know, I've been a pondering something. What's that? I run across a fella that we all know around here. He was a great builder and a good singer. Played good guitar, even yodeled a little bit. But the one thing that I've been wondering about, is he kin to you? It's Horace Smith. Oh, I remember old Horace very well. But no, no relation to me. I come from Smiths who come from further off than that. I think Horace spent most of his life right here in Stone County. And you know what I remember about Horace? He was a really good guitar player, and he was missing his left thumb. That's right, he was. And uh, I just don't have any idea how somebody had the strength to use the fingers without a thumb to rest on the back of the neck to make his chord changes. I don't understand it either. As a guitar player, I've always got the old death grip on the guitar neck with my thumb, so I don't know how he did it. He must have had mighty strong fingers, that's all I can say. That's the way with me. I, all I can handle is the plow handle G, you know. <laughs> where I'm wrapped yeah. around in the death grip, like you said. Have you got anything by Horns that features some of his yodeling? Oh, yeah, I run across this the other day, and it amazed me because it's such a clean, clear voice. You know, and with Horns, you look at him and you wouldn't expect it to come out of his mouth, you know, but what I'd like to do is let you hear this. It's called Hobo's meditation let's listen to it my story i've never done any wrong i'm just a plain old hobo singing you a hobo song my hobo life is happy my hobo life is free it's a life I travel all the time, that's a life of me. 
a great song brings back great memories of old Horace Smith and his yodeling. Oh yeah, he was such a great guy and also he did some carpentry work for me out at the house there out on Crooked Ridge and uh, he was a great builder, carpenter, such a talented fella and a good hard worker all the way around. He'd emceed some of the shows here at the Folk Center. And it's just, it's a pleasure to get to hear him again. Listening to that old cut of Hobo's Meditation makes me think how lucky we are that these shows were recorded back in the 1970s and 80s because all these old folks have passed on now, most all of them that we feature in this segment, and how great it is to be able to listen to them here in the future. That's true. It was a great move. Whoever's idea it was to record and document all these old songs, they had a good thing in mind. They did. Well, look, thanks a lot. Mark, I'll see you next week. Thank you, Dave. Lucas Poole's banjo style is one that you never hear on commercial radio. Called frailing or clawhammer style, the strings are brushed by the fingernails on the downstroke of the hand for a much more melodic sound than the style heard in bluegrass music where the strings are picked with steel finger picks. Here are the Moonlight Ramblers with four more fine tunes. Thank you. 
you know, we had a few more this year, and it, it turned out really good. Um, you know, even every year, it was actually it was really cool because they were all friends. They all knew each other. They had a community of kids. It was something, you know, we didn't, we had a small community of kids, but not like they do now, you know. There was just a handful of us, and, you know, banjo and wasn't the cool thing to learn or mandolin or fiddle, but you've really given the support to these kids to learn these instruments and you know they can come out and perform and it's become a thing where it's there's no shame in it it's it's actually you're it's really lucky if you get to do it and they know that that's great That's exactly next thing you know. That was it. Because I never, I wasn't thinking about it. I wasn't preparing for it. I just liked playing tunes on the square and I had no clue what I was going to do. Um, I was a little lost. And one day my parents came up to me and said, you know, you really should get a college education. You should go do something, get other experiences, it, you know, go anywhere, wherever, whatever you want to do. Um, but they knew I wanted to play music. They said, you know, you can get a degree in banjo from somewhere or a music degree. And um, they didn't say where, they just said it exists. So I, I Googled Banjo College and there was about three answers and uh, I checked them both out and Berkeley was at the top of my list to visit. It was in Boston, it was in the north. My sister went to Bates in Maine, so I had visited up that way before. And um, it was definitely one of the better schools for my instrument. 
and we visited it and I fell in love with that town and the the music there, the diversity of music. There's a lot of music I had never heard here or grew up with. Um, so I thought it'd be a great place to learn.
was Lucas Poole and the Moonlight Ramblers playing the interestingly named Shove That Pig's Foot a Little Closer to the Fire. Polly Put the Kettle On, Hang Me, Oh Hang Me, and Polska. When we come back after this break, Aubrey Atwater and Elwood Donnelly will continue their remembrance of folk icon Gene Ritchie. You're listening to Ozark Highlands Radio. Richie was the youngest of 14 in a family they called the Singing Family of the Cumberlands. And they got some nice recognition. Jean went to New York City as a young woman. She was college educated. And she met and married a filmmaker and a photographer named George Pickow. And they they had a beautiful life together. They were married for 60 years. And he filmed them the Ritchie family in 1955, approximately. It was called uh, Kentucky Christmas. It was on some kind of network television show, and you can actually access a video of that online. It's a fascinating thing to see. And they gave little snippets of some of the things the Ritchies were doing in their house in eastern Kentucky, their modest cabin. And um, at one point, they start singing the song Brightest and Best, and that is a beautiful hymn that is associated with Christmas, but I think if you asked Jean what her favorite song was, she would say brightest and best. 
Many of us have memories of our first Christmas tree, if, if, if you had one in your home. And Gene Ritchie is no exception. Here's uh, her recollection of the first Christmas tree that entered their house in eastern Kentucky. I reckon the new Christmas and the ideas of presents and the tree Mom read about in a paper or book of some kind. She used to keep the post office over on Clear Creek, and she got to read all the papers that came through for folks. Anyway, the stories of how Christmas was celebrated off from here got to Mom, and she decided one year to make a Christmas tree for us. Dad and the others, Uncle Wash and Uncle Isaac and them, they thought it was all foolery and wouldn't be much of help about it. But on the day before Christmas, Mom called me to come, her eyes just a shining and said secret-like, put on your coat. I want you to help me do something. I got my coat and ran out with her. I could tell by her way that it was something nice. What is it now, Ma? Where are we going? She kept smiling, quick little excited smiles, and she said, I want us to go hunt up a Christmas tree. G.O., I could have tucked wings and flew, as they say. I was so tickled. We got us a hatchet and lit out in the worst snowstorm you just about ever saw. We had to fight our way through the deep snow already on the ground, across the branch, and up the steep bank to the road. The nearest evergreens were pretty far up in the hill. It was hard going, slick ice in under the soft snow, and to cap it all off, it began to snow even harder, the wind slapping it right into our faces. We couldn't see a hand before us, and the wind was blowing so hard we couldn't stand. Mom grabbed my hand. Have to go back, she hollered above the storm noise. Well, I began to cry. I knew if we went back, it'd be too bad to come out again after this storm, and Christmas would pass, and no tree. Come on, I said. She sounded mad. Then she said, I see us a tree we can get to. Don't have to be a pine now, does it? Down by the branch across from our house were growing some little sycamore saplings and Mom took the hatchet and cut down one of them. It didn't have any leaves, but the little woolly winter tags were hanging right pretty all through the limbs of it. We took that tree home and propped it up in the front room, and that night after supper we decorated it. Let's see. We cut colored paper out of old catalogs and tied them here and there with bright wool threads and we strung popcorn and hung it around. And the next morning when we got up, there were big apples, saved for winter in the cellar hole, hanging from the branches. Under the tree was a big plate of molasses candy Mom had made. As I look back on it now, it was a kind of queer Christmas tree, but to us all then it was the prettiest thing we'd ever laid eyes on. We just couldn't get away from it. I remember the whole house was full of the good smell of the wine saps. That was the happiest Christmas.
A lot of us old-time musicians have worried that this old fiddle music that we love is in danger of dying out. But it would appear that a whole new crop of young musicians are embracing this fine musical style, and that's got to be a good thing. After all, that's our mission here at the Ozark Folk Center State Park, to keep the old traditions alive. Let's finish our show with some more good old folk songs recorded during the String Band Festival here at the Ozark Folk Center in Mountain View, Arkansas. You can count the days I'm gone on the train that I left on. Hear that lonesome whistle blow. If that train runs right, I'll see more tomorrow night. Lord, I'm 900 miles from huge for me because um it, it absolutely changed 
changed everything and, and, and putting me in different environments that I wasn't comfortable with. And also just there's so many different kinds of people there and um, beliefs on music to every part of life. And, you know, at first you, you see music that's not what you're used to or something and you want to rebel a bit. That's not what you're used to. It's not right. But then you grow to accept it and then you grow to appreciate all of the different sounds that are there. And it's, um, it was really good. And, and uh, if you're open to these different things musically, you'll, uh, you'll pick something up from everyone and, and really grow. And I think the one thing I learned from college is um, sort of the tools, the language that, uh, langu some of the basic ideas of music and language and tools to help me keep learning. And that's something I wanted to teach this week to a lot of the kids are tools that they can take and apply to everything to keep learning and going on and expanding. So.
you know, I'm used to this place and I'm kind of used to Boston at this point. But you bring someone from, who's never been here, never been to this part of the country, who's in the music scene, and they see how open people are to let them just come in and jam and hang out and everyone in the community. John was amazed, our fiddle player this week, that uh, all of the kids knew how to jam. They knew what jamming was. They sort of knew the basics of it. Whereas um, you know, he's like, I just taught at a fiddle camp and they had never jammed in their life. They'd been sitting in their living room playing alone. They had no clue. I thought it was gonna be working with way more basic, but they have a real natural idea because it's ingrained in this area. And um, yeah, Mountain View's a special place because even when I go up to North Carolina, it's, you know, music's different in every place. I find that bluegrass here is very uh, traditional and they want it to be traditional. The old time music is very open to anyone to join and bluegrass has, you know, everyone has their role and it's open, but you know, you should be polite and get invited or ask. Uh, I find, you know, you go to a different part of the country and an old time jam might be a little more cliquish, but I grew up here and it was very, very open. And that's what I like about this town.
The Moonlight Ramblers played 900 Miles, Angelina Baker, which incidentally was written by 19th century songwriter Stephen Foster. And they finished the set with a haunting tune called Winder Slide. That's it for this week's show. If you have any questions or comments about this week's show, let us know by visiting our Facebook page. Also, check us out at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com, where you'll find out a lot more about this program. For Ozark Highlands Radio, this is Dave Smith. Bye, everybody. Ozark Highlands Radio is produced by Jeff Glover. Executive producer is Darren Dorton. Additional support for this program comes from the Committee of 100, proudly supporting the Ozark Folk Center State Park since 1974. And by Arkansas State Parks, with 52 unique reasons to visit the natural state. More information online at ArkansasStateParks.com. For information on upcoming shows and events, we are on the web at OzarkHighlandsRadio.com. Until next time, I'm Donna Farrar.